0: Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneurs show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionise the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. So I'm absolutely delighted today to have Annalisa Cadre on the Scale Her Up podcast. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for inviting me, Brenda. I'm very excited about it. It's Really great to have you here. What we we usually start with is a bit of a background to you, how you came to business, you know, what your your story as a business owner. So, yeah, just give us a bit of an introduction to what you do and how you got there.
1: Ah, well, I guess you could say I'm a very late comer to being a business owner and being a businesswoman in my own right. My history, as it were, is really I've been in teaching, in education for all of my adult life. So I went straight into teaching from uni loved it. It took me around the world. I taught, um, moved out to Dubai in 2000, taught out there for 11 years, thoroughly loved it, had all my family out there, and then decided it was time to come back to the UK, Continued teaching in the UK. And again, still absolutely adoring it. And then in 2018, I just started getting twitchy. I just started wondering what else is out there been a teacher my whole life. It was something everyone always says when you're a teacher, they almost think that's you pigeonholed. And I just decided I've got three teenage boys at home. They started to need me more than when they were eight, nine, 10-year-olds needing food on the table, a bit of a wash every now and then and put to bed. You've got the mental stresses that teenagers go through. And I realized I was giving everything to everyone else's children. And it was important for me to make time for my own. So in 2018, I took an incredibly brave, I guess you could say, or crazy leap and left having the safe umbrella of an employer, a safe monthly wage, took all that away and decided to to find out what else was in my passion, what I love doing. I'm extremely fortunate that my husband is very, very supportive and was just like, Anna, you do this. You know, you've done this your whole life whatever you want i'll back you on it and i said but what if it doesn't work what if i don't know what i want to do what if i never find what you know what's inside me and he said you will but just go for it so i didn't do anything for 6 months um literally just unwound because i'd been working crazy silly hours as a teacher and then decided to train myself and take some qualifications in coaching because i thought coaching would be where I, what i wanted to do because i loved communicating and talking to people and mentoring so got myself a diploma in personal performance and then decided to do another diploma in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, for those who don't know it, which is the great, I love it. It's the how and why we say and do the things we do. It's, it's connecting up your unconscious with your conscious mind and, and it's fascinating. So did that. And then I thought on the side, I'll just do a little bit of voiceover. Yeah, that will, that will tick my creative box. I've always loved doing Amdram. I'll just do a bit of voiceover because at my age, no one wants to see me, you know, on the telly. So I'll I'll train myself up in that as well. And then as usual, life throws you a curveball. And I suddenly discovered that I was really enjoying doing this voiceover work. I was enjoying learning the technical aspects and the coaching kind of took a sideline. So literally a year ago today, literally that was January, February last year, I decided to launch my own business as a voiceover artist. So I launched my company, Voices for Impact, and if you like, went solo. And um, oh my God, it's been a learning curve. It's been, I've never had to run my own business. I've never had to ru- create an invoice. I've never had to do networking. I didn't know how to go about any of these things. And you just learn, it's incredible. You just learn as you go. And, and so that's where I am. So I'm now, the proud owner of um, my own company and do that. And the funny thing is the coaching has come back into play because one day someone turned around to me and said, well, you're a voiceover artist. Anna, I I don't suppose you do voice coaching, do you? And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, I hate giving my, my pitches every week. I get so nervous and I never know what to say and I don't think I come across well. And this light bulb went on and I suddenly thought, oh my God, Anna, it was staring at you the whole time. I didn't think the two careers that I'd chosen to explore would ever overlap. And they do. Of course they do. So now, yes, I'm a voiceover artist, but I use my voiceover, my teaching, my coaching to help other people improve their presentation and performance skills. So I do do voice coaching now as well. And I even bring in a bit of NLP when people are suffering from nerves and things to help them with the confidence. So it's amazing how life has its path for you. And things which may not make sense at the time, where you cut, they all slot in. Everything, everything's there for a purpose. I feel and
0: that's me in a nutshell, Brenda. Fantastic, fantastic story. I've made, I've made some wee notes, and we're gonna, we're gonna go back if that's okay, and talk about <laughs> some of these, some of these things. You left employment, and thanks to the support of your husband, mm. he's, it's enabled you to to get to where you are today. Do you think about the listeners who are maybe thinking about? doing something or are, are, are on the journey of, as a, a business owner themselves. You know, for me also, having my husband there to, well, bankroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not, you know, at least and, and support with the, the kids and the household. How important is it, do you think, to have yeah. someone on board with you?
1: I think it is huge. It's huge. Yes, financially, he's helped me a hell of a lot. And I, I found it very hard. From being contributing every month to contributing zero that really didn't sit well with me i felt guilty if i wanted to go shopping or buying anything he never once made me feel like that and he was always like no this is you've done this your whole life you've contributed your whole life you've brought up the children you've done x y and z so that side of it was was very important because it helped me get over a massive phobia about the finances of setting up your own business but more than that is you hit so many stumbling blocks as you're going along and so many potential barriers that defeat you. And it's it could be very easy to say, to lose your confidence along the way and say, no, it's just not working. Why, you know, I've, I've reached out to 10 people. Why haven't any of them got back to me? And that sort of thing. And to have that support of, you can do this, Anna. I think you're amazing at what you do. I know you can do it. And just having that voice coming back from others to speak to you and to give you that boost. It's huge. And he's kept me going. He's absolutely, you know, I've overheard him, bless him. If we've been at a party, he doesn't realize I've got eyes and ears in the back of my head. And I'd hear him talking to someone and the way he spoke about me, even when he didn't realize I was listening saying, Oh, you know, I can't believe it yet. Yeah, Anna changed her career at the age of 45, 44, 45 she just decided to go for it. And I, I'm so proud of what she's doing. And, she, and that, that was incredible to hear someone say that. And it definitely k- keeps you going through the low points, which you're bound to have as you, you set up.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned that there was a, a time when your, your kids were needing you, you. You wanted to focus on them. I did the same. I started my business at the age of 44 and three quarters. Do, do you wish you'd done it
1: sooner? Um, I don't know, because I the the wonderful thing is they need you more mentally, but they don't need you as much physically. And I think had I tried to do it sooner, I'd have probably been juggling just as many balls, but still getting them to football or doing this or doing that and rugby. And and I think it was a it was a good time to do it because they wanted me to pull away from them physically. They wanted to be independent. So that gave me a little bit more time to think about me and what I wanted to do. But they needed me there. They needed me there, maybe more in the evenings, or me just being there. I had to be more present mentally. I wanted to be able to catch things that they said that could indicate they may be worrying about something, or I just wanted, I didn't want to be constantly thinking about, oh, I've got to get the planning done for tomorrow, and I've got to get that, that assessment done for the children in the class, and, and missing, missing signs that my boys were needing me. And I think it just gave me a little bit more time to, mental space to be there to look after them. And I think for me, that was what was crucial. So I don't think it would have necessarily worked had I tried earlier, I think I'd have been too frantic. And I think the, the good thing about doing it then was I could I could organize my day around them. So they didn't need me anymore at 3.30 to go and pick them up. So I could do work. I was so used to, as a teacher, doing a timetable from eight eight in the morning, I was busy until X, you know, whatever time. It was a real novelty, and I loved the fact that I could organize my day as I wanted to. I could do my work, do housework if I needed, do exercise for me, then sort the boys. And that that to me was the biggest shift was organizing my time.
0: There's a freedom in being your own mm-hmm. boss that you didn't Absolutely. have in, as yeah. a teacher. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's lovely.
0: <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you mentioned. When we were talking about your, your husband, you mentioned there a phobia of the finances of starting your own business. Now, there are lots of people, myself included, who are not, com- not comfortable, haven't had to do such a thing before, you know. So how did you get over that phobia?
1: It's hard. I think I, I had to get used to the fact that, that I was starting from scratch and that my, my dad's an accountant and he was, he was great because he said to me, Anna... I don't want you to expect that you're going to make a profit for the first three years. You've got to realize that it takes two to three years to build a business and you won't be breaking even till then. And I sort of said to dad, I I'd wrongly thought, actually, I thought, well, I'm doing all right because this month I made £500. So, no, that's good because I haven't had to buy much equipment. And so surely that's profit. But as he pointed out, he says, yes, but Tarek, we've been paying you a monthly salary of a thousand pounds. We were paying the absolute minimum. We've been paying you a salary each month to get by. So you are still effectively in debt. And I think that that was a big shock for me to realize that I I had zero income coming in or whatever income was still, you know, supplementing the fact that I I may not have been making much, but, but it was going straight back into bills and the housekeeping. I think I was lucky that my husband's wage that we were able to to, to just use that and that I could drop to zero and we, yeah, we had to budget. We had to, to pull our belts in a bit, but we readjusted things so that we, we still were able to manage. I think it, it must be extremely hard if you are a single person doing that, then I can, you know, and starting up your own business. That's a different kettle of fish because you are the sole provider for your house. I was in the fortunate position of not being the sole provider for my house. So I was able to lean very heavily on Tarek financially. I'm over it now, definitely. I still don't, earn, you know, my business is still very young and it's still growing. I now realize that it's not about financial contributions. And as Tarek says to me, I contribute in so many ways that don't get paid. that I, I realize that in a way that is, your, that is your payment. And so I don't feel, I've never felt guilty. We've always had a joint account. Everything's mm-hmm. always come out for the same one. I've never felt, and I now do not feel guilty about it. I'm, I'm just about over not having an employer pay my wages and that, you know, I've got to do it. But I think what's great is I've realized I, I will get out the effort I put in. So if I want to make money, I've got to put that effort in. I've got to be the one to reach out and have one-to-ones, have networking, make those contacts, make those referrals, make people confident in me, communicate with people, and then it's so satisfying when you get something back from it. But you'll only get that. You, you get out what you put in. And I think that's what I've learned. And I know I'm putting in a lot into our family and I feel I'm getting out of it. That's, mm. that's my financial reward from it.
0: You were saying that you were, you were thinking you were going down the coaching route and the voiceover was a hobby. Yeah. Then it turned itself on its head and turns out that the voiceover was something that was going to generate yes. you some cash. So, you know, at that point, there's a lot of people listening that will, you know, have got, in fact, I just had a meeting with someone who's turned her hobby of making baby, designing and making baby clothes into, into a business and she's, she's yeah. growing her business. So there are lots of people that, that go through that transition. Any advice for someone that's turning their hobby into, yeah. into a business?
1: It's the right thing to do because you're passionate about it. The whole point is, if it's your hobby, it means you love doing it. You love doing it in your spare time. You love doing it when you don't have to work. So it's no longer work. I can't remember which famous person said, I've never worked a day in my life. Or it's, there, there's a, a famous saying about, if you love what you do, it's not work. Mm. And I'd, I'd absolutely say that because you want to put the effort in. You're willing to put the effort because you love what you do. I love going out finding clients for, for voiceover because I love all the difference and the variety that voiceover brings. And I can't wait to see what their project's going to bring me. So I love doing it. So I want, you know, I'm I'm thirsty for it. I want to go out and find it. If you're doing something that you're not passionate about, you you're just you're just more reluctant, you're hesitant about it, you don't you don't feel that investment in it. Whereas this is something that you're it's investing in your happiness, your fulfillment, your hobby, and your passions. Uh, it's wonderful if you can make a career out of them it really is because you will get so much out of it on every level and and it radiates out of you people see that you enjoy what you're doing and therefore they trust you more and it's so it's it's a snowball effect it's it's a win-win for everyone really I feel yeah
0: because it's your hobby it's something that you love doing in your spare time and in your own time did you find it difficult to make the boundaries there between work and maybe something that you love so much can take over a lot of your time?
1: Yeah, it could do. I think lot, my hobby is to do the am dram and to do that side of things and to go on the stage. So, of course, Covid has completely put that to, out of the window. I'm um, in mean, the longest running rehearsed play ever. We started it before. <laughs> COVID. And we're finally getting to put it on the stage in April. So I've got to start getting rehearsing again. And and I'm actually quite nervous. Will I be able to remember lines and all that sort of thing? So that's my real hobby where the voiceover overlaps. I've been lucky. You can do it and it's dangerous because I, I record at home. I work at home. My studio's here. Everything I do is based at home. But I think you just sort of, you set yourself times, you set yourself Right, this afternoon is when I'm going to do recording and then tomorrow I'll use time researching. I'm lucky in the sense that with voiceover, you can only physically do it for a couple of hours maximum at a time. And then you've got to take a break. You've got to give your voice a break. or oh, you just need to stretch your legs. So I can, I'm, I'm all right about balancing. I'm a really, I'm quite an organized person. And I still have, believe it or not, a little colorful timetable in front of me where I break up the week. This is my teaching days comes back. And I break up my day into everything I want to do, whether it's some exercise, whether it's I'm going to go and have a coffee with someone, whether it's a one to one, whether I'm recording and I have it all in front of me. And I'm really trying hard to stick to that. And I like it. I can see, oh, yes, I said I was going to do this between these two hours. That's what I'm doing. And I I do stick to it. It's good. Love a good (laughs) timetable. It's
0: fantastic because I use teach it. Well, School timetables, as an example, with my clients, to get them to structure their day, yeah, to spend yeah. time on their marketing, to spend time on their finances, to spend time on the you know the research or the networking or whatever. So that's brilliant that you do that. that's, yeah, that's- in fact.
1: And if you pick a if you pick a job that you hate as your, as a business owner, like maybe it is invoicing, or maybe it is contacting people to for referrals, whatever it is. If you've put it on a timetable visually in front of you, as opposed to just saying, I've got to get that done this week, if you put it there, like I've got tomorrow, I've got VO work, research meditation sites. Now it's something because it's not pressing, pressing, I would put it off, put it off, put it off, and it doesn't actually happen. Because I've got it written there and I've realized that I had actually allocated time for it, I will get it done. And I think it's so important if you you must timetable the jobs you really don't like the jobs that you you feel aren't that pressing that you could get away with leaving for another couple of days. And I would really recommend anyone to find out what works for you. It could be you're a post-it note girl and you need them up on your screen. It could be be making a timetable. It could be an audio note, you know, one of um, an oral uh, listening to notes you've made. But you need something to act as that little reminder on your shoulder to say, come
0: on. Do the jobs you don't want to do. Oh,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. We um, we call them frogs. It comes from the book by Brian Tracy, um, Eat That Frog. Are you familiar I'm, with it? I'm not yeah? familiar with <laughs> the worst, If the worst thing you have to do today is to eat a live frog, <gasps> do it first thing in the morning and get out of the way. No. Oh, oh, okay because <laughs> you wouldn't want to do it and you would put it off and put it off and it's mm-hmm. always there and always
1: hanging over you yeah. so do it first thing in the morning get it out of the way if i don't do my exercise slot at some point in the morning it'll never happen because by the afternoon i've found 3000 excuses why yep. I no longer got time to do it so yeah you're right if there's something you're not particularly wanting to do crack on and do it in the morning definitely
0: brilliant great time management tips there i wrote down learn as you go so you were talking about you've not not done this before yeah yeah, yeah. i guess it's about not knowing what you don't yeah. know until you, you get started exactly.
1: you can't predict what you don't know and i think the greatest thing is to be humble about it and to say when when something comes up i i was talking to a lady before christmas and she said yes i'd really like you to do some audio description work and i was sitting thinking what's audio description what does she actually mean because she's not talking about e-learning and she's not talking about explainer videos And I said to her, I said, I'm really sorry. I said, audio description, what do you mean exactly? And she went, oh, you know, when you watch the television and you suddenly hear this voice that says, a man walks across the room and puts a book on the table, that's audio description. So it's for people who are visually impaired, that can't see what's going on. And I love it. I love it when you get those learning moments. That's just a practical thing to do with my own voiceover industry. But just the same as when I had to learn when someone said, right, could you give me a quotation for how to for what you're going to charge for that? And I luckily, I turned around to attack. and said, you need to teach me about uh, quotations. I said, how do I do this? Invoicing is, oh, well, I use zero. And dead. I'm like, no, this is all absolute alien to me. But it's brilliant. You just absorb it, learn from it. And I always think mistakes are incredible. Mistakes are brilliant and you need them. Because if you make a mistake, you can guarantee you'll learn from it. The only, my only rule is don't make the exact same mistake twice. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Doing the changes, you know, but I think, yeah, learn as you go. You can't predict what's coming. It's pointless to try. You'll get yourself tied up in knots of stress, trying to think what might go wrong next week, what you might not be able to do. Just go with the flow and, and appreciate there are experts around you. Ask for advice, ask for help. I ask I ask advice from other people in the industry it takes a lot of confidence to, to ask someone else who's in your industry, I don't think I'm doing this right. Can you take a listen? Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Massive. But A, you're, you're making someone else feel great. You're giving them feedback that you trust their opinion. So you've made someone else have a good day and they're helping you. So, again, it's another win-win. It's really use each other. Definitely.
0: So yeah, using, using your network then. So uh, we met through a convoluted, um, someone yeah. in my network, met your network and, 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 and recommended that we, we talk to each other. But yeah, networking, what's the value of networking to your business?
1: Oh, my goodness. I actually calculated um, before Christmas, someone was asking how much of my business has come through networking. The one, one network I belong to at the moment is B&I, which is how we met. 65% of my business this year has directly come through people I've met at BNI, referring me on. I had never networked before. I'd never had a one-to-one. I had never written a 60-second pitch <laughs> before February. And I went in at the deep end. That was a real learning as you go. And it's absolutely invaluable to make that time to get to know people. Nobody wants cold calling today. Nobody wants to to just look up in yellow pages. Well, they don't even probably have yellow pages anymore. Nobody wants to just look someone up and trust that. They want personal recommendations. They want someone's had an experience with that person or that they've got to know that person, that know, like, trust, whole building up. Networking's crucial. That's the way business is done today. It's, it's who you know and how they can help you then, because you you trust them and you've, you've got to know them and you will use them in, for your industry. It's invaluable and it's a massive part that you should, again, timetable into your week. It is part of your business. It's your business development. People might think a one-to-one is just a chat. It's not, it, it could be a crucial business link further down the line. I had a, a one-to-one with a guy, my first ever one-to-one last February. He contacted me at the end of November and said, Anna, I've got some work. I was wondering if you could help me with hadn't heard from him for 10 months, but it was having that one-to-one, getting on really well with him. He remembered who I was. Then the occasion came up that he needed a voiceover artist, and he came back to me. If I hadn't made that effort, and if he hadn't made that effort to do that networking, that, that's one piece of work that wouldn't have come my way. And I, I, I'm a real advocate of networking and getting to know people and building relationships. It's huge.
0: That kind of brings us around to, you know, the communication piece and what you do, you know, when you're helping your well, when you bring the 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 voice work and the, the coaching work and the the NLP and that. How what's your advice to someone who's yeah just starting out and needs to communicate what they're doing and about their business?
1: I think it's it's very helpful. To rely on others as in to get yourself not a mentor as in necessarily a paying mentor, but a buddy, someone who can help you that's been on that journey. That does help. Um, I think it's really important to just to know your strengths and to play on your strengths, but also recognize your weaknesses. If you are really scared about doing presentations, networking, reaching out to people and you're worried that you don't come across well, often having a session with, if you like, someone like me can often, I pick out things that you didn't even realize you were doing that are right, that are great. And I think mostly it's all about confidence with people. They don't think they're going to be able to network. They don't think they come across well at parties when they have to meet new, new people. You'd be surprised at what you, what you can actually do. And sometimes it just takes someone else to point that out to you or to get you on the right path. But it's practice. I mean, when I started doing my pitches and things, I was so nervous. I still get nervous. Every single time I do a 60 second pitch, I get nervous. And I think that's healthy. And I think it's good. And it shows you that you care about what you do and that you want to come across well. But we get better at it. There's things I don't do now that I did then and vice versa. It's practice. It's not to, not to beat yourself up about it. We're learning every day. It's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, we'll get there. And but just not to be afraid to ask for advice because everybody who's running their own business has been where you are now. And everybody can soon tap into that, those memories and remember what it was like and help you. And we'll offer some nuggets of advice and help that will get you through the current problem that you've got or challenge that you're facing.
0: Which, yeah, ties in networking and communication there. So absolutely, the, the people yeah. that create not only providing you with, with custom, but also providing you with services and, and support that you need
1: to grow yeah. your business as yeah. well.
0: The Scale Her Up podcast, it's all about uh, female entrepreneurs and, mm. and pushing female entrepreneurs. What, what advice do you have for female entrepreneurs looking to start or scale up their businesses?
1: I think, I think women underestimate themselves. I think we've got an awful lot of skills, which... A lot of men don't possess that whole business about uh, communication. We've got amazing skills. We have to communicate with so many different kinds of people in our lives as we grow up, whether it's as a mother, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend. I mean, we're brilliant. Women have got some of the most amazing friendships and links together. We know how to talk to each other. We know how to listen. I mean, that's a massive skill when you're setting up your business. You need to know how to listen as well as, you know, how to talk. You've got two ears and one mouth, as we were always told. And so women have got amazing communication skills. We've also got great resilience and perseverance. Often we are amazing jugglers. We, on the whole, I'd say we're good at time management. I, I, defy. There's not many women I know that don't have more than one role in their life. You know, especially if you're thinking about a career change later on. So you're maybe 40, 35, 40 plus, or whatever. The chances are you're fulfilling another role, whether it's as a partner, as a mum, as a, you know, as even in friendships. We are really good at juggling and managing these things. And yes, we get overwhelmed sometimes. And yes, we get stressed. But we've also got really good coping strategies I think to do that and and if necessary we rely on friends and we're happier to ask for advice and help I think we we've obviously in historically we've had to put up with prejudices and that all women can't do that there are some amazing role models out there now that have proved just that of course women can run their own companies very successfully and you know make a really good go of it so I think I think women have got a lot of untapped strengths and skills and any woman wanting to start up her own business is actually, she really should do it. It's never too late. And I think we've got a lot of determination and guts and, and to make it stick at it. I think we, we're more likely to get through the hard times of a business with more resilience as well than, than men simply because we're not going to give up on it. And so I certainly wouldn't feel that you know things going badly oh well i'll just let it fold like i just couldn't do it and i think uh,
0: yeah
1: we're good for it
0: definitely yeah so you listening ladies
1: listeners <laughs> yeah just do it just yes. do it if you've got a hobby you want to turn into your business do it if you're facing challenges reach out and ask for help you know it's everyone there's it's a very supportive network i think women in business are very supportive of each other and there are loads of networking groups out there. I don't know if Athena is a national one, but certainly down in around Hampshire and Surrey, there's a, a networking group called Athena, which is purely for women in business. And there are, if you Googled it, you would find networking groups around you that are very supportive, nurturing, and can share experiences and stories and help you on your, on your path. So it's just never think you're at it alone. You may be a sole trader. you know a small business but you're definitely not on your own and there's a wealth of resources and support out there
0: you're not alone and because it can feel really lonely being in business for yourself
1: yeah Yeah, it can do and like i said you get times where you think is it all worth it it's not happening for me and just talk to someone you must have someone who who's got your back as your champion and maybe you just need to hear from them what you've actually achieved so far
0: yeah absolutely and remember to look back and see how far you've come. Yeah, yes. that
1: was that was amazing. When I I thought I haven't done very much, and then I looked back and I thought, oh, hang on a minute, I've learned this, I've learned this, I've learned this, and I've achieved that. And actually, I have got some clients, and I have got. And yes, you do need to look back over your shoulder, and and those tiny steps you take every day, tiny steps turn into thousands of miles, and it's worth yeah, worth patting yourself on the back every now and then.
0: So what are your ambitions for the future then? What are those, what's that destination thousands of miles on with these small
1: steps? Well, and my friend said, so my my absolute ambition would be to be one of the voices on a Disney Pixar film. I would love, so my ambition is to, if you like, to make it to that. Or to be the voice in the London Underground of Mind the Gap. Which I'd love to (laughs) say. So that's you've got to have an ambition. You've got to have an end of end of goal. So my friend would say, "Well then, why haven't you written to Disney Pixar yet, then Anna? Why haven't you done it?" And I'm like, "Oh, because I'm not ready. I've got to, I've got to get my my more demos ready, and I'm and I'm not experienced enough. I need." Mean, she went, "Why Why are you stopping yourself?" And I think half of me thinks she's right, and half of me thinks, "No, I know preparation is key." But I would just say, so my ambition is to grow my business. I definitely, I want to branch into more genre. There's so many genres for voiceover work. I've still got to break into radio. I would love to get into radio advertising and promotional work that way, because then I'd get to do more of my character voices and you know things, which is where I you know, love that, obviously. Um, yeah, and I, I just love to get into filming, whether it's dubbing and that side of things. So I've got ambitions. It's to keep spreading the different, different kinds of projects I can do which is exciting but I always keep that Disney Pixar is still this carrot that's you know in the future ahead never say never you never know so yeah goals are goals are key definitely on a weekly basis you need your goal that right this week I'm going to sort out my CRM or this week I'm going to make sure I've done that or I'm going to send out five invoices whatever it is you need your weekly goals as you as a coach know so well (laughs) You need a monthly or a six monthly goal, and then you've got your long term ones too. Definitely.
0: Oh, fantastic! I can't wait to um, watch that movie and <laughs> listen to your your beautiful voice.
1: <laughs> I'll give you an In invite to the moment. red to the premiere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, definitely, definitely. <laughs> what do you think that we can do then to bring about this revolution to get more women to balance out the imbalance of of women at, at the top of businesses? What do we need to do?
1: I think we need to keep supporting each other keep encouraging each other to start up those businesses and to take those next steps and to be risk takers I think maybe historically we've been frightened to take risks frightened to make leaps and jumps and I think we've got to realize that you've got to be in it to win it you know you've got to you've got to be willing to take those chances and not be afraid of it and yes sometimes it fails, but as um, Thomas Edison, you know, 10,000 failed attempts before he successfully produced the right light bulb that worked, Mm -hmm. you know, it's failure is good. Failure is such a rich learning carpet to to build from. And you just, it's, we can do it. And I think we just need to keep encouraging each other, keep promoting each other to others, you know, and, and doing what you're doing putting examples out there of of women so that we can hear each other and and support and, and to build each other up instead of I, I've been really trying hard lately to when I see someone, to giving them a compliment you know whether it's like well you smell really nice today oh I read your I read your blog or your 60 second pitch was fantastic you know we need to vocalize praise and encouragement recognition is so huge Everybody remembers at school what it was like to be given that gold star or to be given that praise or to win the cup or when your teacher said, that's amazing, well done. We loved it. It feeds us up, that positivity. And we don't do it enough as adults. We're too busy being competitive or trying to get ahead that we don't realise there's enough space for everyone. But we really need to encourage each other. We need to find those positive moments and just give someone, make someone... Be the reason someone smiles today, you know, because if you do that, then you're giving them the positivity and the encouragement to take that risk. Maybe they'd feel a bit more confident and they think, right, you know, I can do it. Yes, I'm going to. Build each other up. That's what I'd say. Fantastic.
0: Yes. Support each other, compliment each other, take risks. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you, Anna. I learned a really valuable interviewing uh, technique from uh, a coach that uh, co- has coached me, um the last question I'm going to ask you is, is there anything
1: I should have asked you that I didn't? Oh, I love that question. yeah, I remember that. What's been my biggest challenge? Because I'd say, my biggest challenge, I think, as I said, was that it can be easy to to give up or to to get negative when things go get a lull. So my biggest challenge I would say is that is mental attitude that you've got to come on, you can do this. You've got to have that positive mental attitude. Mm -hmm. That as I was saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I've said that to myself so many times over the past year that you don't expect quick wins. Don't expect results tomorrow. It's, It's longer. And keep that positive mental attitude. I go to bed every night and I say three positive things that have happened during the day. It was a habit I started about 18 months ago. And I'm proud to say I still do it. Now, some days it is harder than others. Yes. Even if like yesterday, one of the positive things was that dinner I made was really delicious. Yeah, that was a good dinner. Right. There's one positive thing. I had another positive thing was I had a lovely, lovely conversation with someone in the morning. And then the third one was I'd done a recording session and I was really proud of what I'd done. I'd make myself say three, any three positive things, as small as, as, small as you like, or as big, some days it's obvious. And I think that whole finishing each day on a, with a positive thought in your head, it starts you up the next day with the right attitude and the right get up and go. And it, I'd really recommend it to anyone out there who's, who finds it hard and is feeling a bit negative. It's amazing how you drift off to sleep while you're trying to think of number three, even, but at least you're drifting off to sleep, trying to think of positive things.
0: Oh, I love that. That is brilliant. Um, I, will, I will steal that. I'm going to be Ooh. using that with my clients. Yes, it's, um, really yeah, brilliant. it's really effective. It's really effective. Yeah. Me. And I guess if you started that 18 months ago, then yeah. yeah, this is now January 2022. So 18 months ago, we were lots of us going through quite a difficult time Ooh. and needing those, uh, those it, positive it, yeah, thoughts.
1: Yeah, no, positive thoughts as small or as big as you like. Like I said, I mean, even my dad's been really poorly and yesterday. had no temperature so one of my positive thoughts was dad's had a stable low temperature all day today great so you know that's still it's still valid but they have to be if possible different thoughts every day you're not allowed to say the same one every day because that's a cop yes
0: (laughs) well it depends what i think depends what the positive things are that are in your life those regular positives are the things that are
1: absolutely you
0: know those are the, the foundations that you're Yeah, and bank them the day when you can't think of anything (laughs) else. (laughs) Uh, Anna, it's been fabulous to talk to you. Thank you so much for taking uh, taking time to join me on the Scale Her Up podcast. You've really Mm.
1: helped me reflect on a lot of things, actually. It's been really great talking to you because you've asked me things and made me consider things that I hadn't. So thank you. It's been really interesting. Yeah, you've done so well in your journey and I
0: can't wait to hear where, where you get to and uh, yeah, okay, keep in touch. Be, yeah, I definitely will, Brenda. Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneurs show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcast or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female and men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference.